Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Josh Centers of Tidbits. He'll be talking about the surprise announcement from Apple about brand new professional Mac notebooks. A little bit later, we'll hear from Joe Wilcox of Beta News with lots of fascinating discussions. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> so we have the one, the only Josh Centers of Tidbits joining us. And as we do this show, which is on a Friday, it's so happens that Apple gave us a story. Apple doesn't always give us stories. Sometimes we have to fend for ourselves. But on this particular occasion, Apple gave us a story. And that story is about some new MacBook Pros. And to kind of segue there, let's look at the criticisms of the 2016 MacBook Pro, which was updated for 2017. And maybe, Josh, that would give us a sense about what's going on. Right. So, so the biggest thing uh, has been the keyboard, which Apple recently finally launched a repair program for. So, and, and I've had this happen on my uh, 2016 MacBook Pro, uh, where your keys get stuck very easily uh, due to uh, the butterfly switches they use in these uh, super thin keyboards. They tend to get stuck very easily. Like even like just one speck of dust can can cause the key to stop working and. You can't just pop the keycaps off. You basically have to remove uh, the entire top half of the unit there. It's, it's kind of a pain. Uh, now, I have connected sources who have told me that this new tweak keyboard in the 2018 model fixes the issue. And apparently, for some reason, I'm going to guess probably the legal department has something to do with this. Apple can't just come out and say it's fixed. But uh, my understanding is that uh, they believe the issue is fixed. People are reporting uh, that uh, these new keyboards are a little clickier. Uh, They have more of a clicky feel, but they're quieter. But apparently uh, whatever Apple did supposedly has fixed that uh, sticking issue. See what they were talking about, Apple and the new version of the keyboard. I think it's a third generation or something like that. It's quieter. It's clickier. And quieter. It almost sounds like a contradiction of terms. Uh, my 2016, it's very loud, but it doesn't have a lot of movement in it. So I'm guessing they, my guess about what they did just based on, on these reports is that they probably added enough space in there. So the um, uh, there's a little more travel. And so dust won't affect it as badly. So I, we'll just see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it holds out. That's probably why they instituted this emergency repair program or extended repair program, which is they now have a keyboard they feel confident in, and that's the keyboard you'll get when you bring your unit in for repair. Right. But of course, I understand the legalities here because Apple is confronting a whole bunch of class action lawsuits because everybody wants to sue Apple, so there's nothing unusual about that. But let's move more into other subjects because this isn't the first part from Apple that was less than it should be or defective or anything. Apple every so often has an extended repair program, and those programs are designed to address issues such as this, which is that they involve some kind of component that doesn't survive regular use and service. That being the case, let's move on to the next thing. And the big thing about the 
15-inch MacBook Pro, other than a six-core processor, is the fact that it has up to 32 gigs of RAM. How'd they do that? Uh, you know, I'm not totally sure. I'm guessing it's probably uh, something to do with uh, the Intel architecture there, because I think that was the problem before, was that Intel was really what was holding them back from having 32 gigs of RAM. So I guess Intel uh, finally got that together, which is good. You know, these are expensive professional machines, and you can't upgrade the RAM. So, uh, you know, that should be an option for people who need that. Right, because they had 16 and which is what Apple's always had, but suddenly 16 became not enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have 16 in my iMac, and sometimes it's not enough, so. <laughs> Depends what kind of work you're doing, but if it's a professional machine. If you yeah. use Slack, it'll, it'll basically take all the RAM you can throw at it. Okay. No, I, I think that's perfectly understood. So that might be an important thing here if people are doing it. They're also offering four terabyte solid state drives now i don't know about you but i bet those are expensive yeah i haven't haven't checked the prices yet but yeah that that sounds expensive (laughs) you know what let's do an experiment here because this is the kind of radio show this is so we go to apple and we're going to look at the new macbook pro there it is learn more Okay, so buy it because it's just about available. And let's look at a customized version of it. As I said, we're going to do all the all the online investigation here. We're going to do what some people say you shouldn't do, which is let's use <laughs> online resources for our research. But then, you know, we're just looking at what Apple says. So here we go. So the touch bar models... 15-inch. Let me get to the 15-inch. Where's the 15-inch? There's a 15-inch. The most expensive model is $2799. It has a 256-gigabyte solid-state drive, which is definitely not enough. So we look at Customize. And it's coming up now. And where I am, the internet speeds are horrendous. If we add 4 terabytes, you know what it costs? $3,200. Wow, just for the drive? Just for the drive. True. If, if you want a terabyte, it's 400 but you can buy a terabyte solid-state drive for less than that. Two terabytes is $1,200, and I think you can buy, I don't know if it's the same spec or anything, but you can buy a drive like that. If you could change it, of course you can't change it, but you can buy a drive like that from... Otherworld Computing for what, about 700 and change? And Apple sells it for 1200 Of course, that's cheaper than before. It used to be $1,400 for that particular drive. So if you buy this computer fully equipped with RAM, the fastest processor, and all that stuff, it's going to cost you over $6,000. I think it's close to seven once you uh, once you get the thing fully tweaked out there. Yeah, let me do a tweak here. Okay, 2.9, six-core processor, uh, it's $300 more, 32 gigs of RAM, $400 more, four terabyte storage. Uh, let's click that. $66.99. Anyway, let's continue. So that's, of course, more expensive than an iMac Pro, or, you know, one of the lower configurations. 
And I haven't seen a MacBook Pro that expensive in years. I mean, back in the 90s, it wasn't unusual to spend five, $6,000 for a MacBook Pro. But the other thing here is that Apple was accused of not having professional features. And I guess a notebook computer that cost over $6,000, they can't say it's not professional anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, if you spend uh, $6,700 on a MacBook Pro, <laughs> you'd have to be some kind of professional. Uh, I'm looking through the options here. This is nuts. Yeah, it's $3,200 for the 4 terabyte, $1,200 for the 2 terabyte. This is crazy. This is crazy. Well, before we get too crazy, we've got Josh Sanders of Tidbits. We should remind you that we also have Tech Night Owl. Plus, which allows you to get a version of the show free of the network ads. And if you want to know more, go to plus.technightowl.com. We've got an exciting episode. We're talking about the latest news from Apple, new MacBook Pros, that by price alone are certainly professional. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and body extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Want revenge on the common housefly? 
Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, Apple has done what is necessary, I think, to make professional users accept the MacBook Pro as professional, or at least expensive. So there you go. In the meantime, this is probably the interesting thing about it is that I guess some people were expecting that Apple would have special Mac event for everything. But it looks like they're going back to what they used to do, which is to just have a press release. You know, the timing is really interesting, too, because they don't usually announce things like this um, in the middle of summer. But, see, the other interesting thing is that they also announced uh, their back-to-school special to, at the same time. So, you know, I mean, it makes sense. You know, they're trying to sell these MacBooks Pro to college students and educators and such. Uh, so, you know, it makes sense to refresh it in the middle of summer and then, and then have the back-to-school special. Although you think if that were the intention, they would they would be updating the basic MacBook, but uh, my understanding is that's that's going to be something announced in the fall. So you know we'll see. There are also published reports that Apple might be considering a new low end Mac to replace the MacBook Air. Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty safe assumption. So if they do that, we have to assume it'll have a retina display of some sort 
You would hope so. I mean, it would be kind of uh, ridiculous to uh, release something without Retina at this at this stage. But you know, who knows? I, I hope it's a better machine than the uh, the MacBook is. You don't like the MacBook? Uh, it's just, it's a hard machine to recommend. I mean, uh, it doesn't have Thunderbolt three, so uh, it only has just the one USB C port, which leaves you pretty limited. The processor's uh, painfully slow. So it, uh, I'm not quite sure, like, you know, if you need a laptop, I'm not quite sure who, who that laptop is for. I guess someone who wants something very small, doesn't intend to connect a lot of things, is going to do everything wireless. Yeah, in that case, I mean, I think, honestly, you'd be better for the, with an iPad Pro at that point. Well, okay. Yeah, that's a certainly understandable. My feeling about it, though, is with the iPad Pro, there are lots of things that, it can't do. Sure, but I think if you're like you know the MacBook, uh, you know they kind of advertise it like basically it's like a note taking machine, right? Like it's 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 machine. If you want to take notes in class, if that's your deal, I think an iPad Pro probably probably very uh, suits you better. And you know I say this as somebody who uh, doesn't typically recommend an iPad as a work machine. I mean it's you know for some uh, niches uh, it's fine. You know like especially if you're like an illustrator, I think an iPad Pro make a pretty good work machine. But, um, you know, they are very limited. But now, maybe if you're looking for something that's portable, you can take notes with and do basic tasks, I think the iPad Pro, you know, it's a lot cheaper than the MacBook. Uh, it's probably going to be faster. You got, you know, you have the tablet functionality. Uh, uh, you have, you know, the option of using an Apple Pencil. You just, I, I just think you get a lot more uh, out of the iPad Pro than, than you do the, um, the basic MacBook. And that's not really to elevate iOS as a platform. I mean, look, uh, I think most people are going to be far, far more productive on a Mac than on any iOS gizmo. But, uh, in, you know, the, the MacBook is such a questionable value proposition that, uh, you know, I would almost have to say the, the iPad would be a better buy there. Well, if you can actually type long documents on an iPad without a horrible keyboard, maybe I'd agree with you with a few things. If they had a version of Audio Hijack for iOS, I would agree with you. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, if you're doing some kind of podcasting, um, you know, I would get a Mac, even like a basic MacBook over that. But, uh, you know, I know pe- I know people who do, uh, who do podcasts with iOS, but... Uh, you know, and they they act like they're proud of it, but I don't know. They seem to have a very frustrating time to me. <laughs> but they, yeah, they should. You know, here's a question, and, and maybe I should just email Paul Cafasis and just ask him, like, why don't they have an iPad version of Audio Hijack? Because you know, the Audio Hijack three interface, I almost said the new interface, but it's it's been out for a few years now. Um, it's very. It seems like it's very oriented to touch. So I'm kind of surprised uh, they haven't done that yet. It may be the sandboxing. Because you have to capture audio from other sources, and is that allowed? Yeah, they have, they have a Apple has an API for like an audio routing API. Um, GarageBand uses it, for instance. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I just email him and ask him, but you know, I haven't thought about it in a while. But it's a good question. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, for certain things, I mean, there's, there's so many things. I mean, and you're right. There's so many things. An iPad can't do that a Mac can, but you know, I just I wouldn't tell I wouldn't recommend I mean I'm sure people do it, 
I wouldn't recommend a basic MacBook as anyone's main machine. That would just be frustrating, I think. Bear in mind also, GarageBand can certainly capture audio from musical instruments and a mic, but can't capture audio from other apps. It can't capture audio from Skype. If you get my point, that's a very big thing. That's a key. It can capture audio from other apps. It's just, uh, I don't think Skype offers that for, for whatever reason. And, and, you know, and here's the thing, too. You know, I, I'm surprised Apple hasn't invested more in the production end of podcasting because that's something I think they could own very easily if they put just a little bit of effort into it. Um, you know, like, uh, so we got this uh, FaceTime, you know, in iOS 12, you can have up to 32 people in a FaceTime, uh, which would seem to make it like a really good thing for podcasters, right? Um, so you'd think they would have some kind of audio recording thing in that. But see, I think Tim Cook's privacy initiatives probably um, put the kibosh on that. So I, I think they're kind of hampering themselves there, you know. You know, I don't know. It's frustrating because I, you know, I think I think an iPad could actually be a really good podcast machine if Apple would, uh, you know, make it one. <laughs> well, that's the big problem here. I they had some audio features in older versions of GarageBand that made it useful for doing voice recordings like podcasts, and they were removed. If you recall, ways to enhance the voice, things like that. And then went, that went bye-bye. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, you know, that wasn't a good idea. It didn't work. So it leads me to believe, for no other reason, that Apple doesn't really place much emphasis on that. And that's unfortunate. You know, it's great if you want to use garage band for recording music or singing but it's not for interviews at least it can be done but it's not convenient it's not easy hey before we get too easy and too convenient and run out of time you're listening to the tech night out live our guest is josh centers of tidbits we have a brand new piece of mac hardware the macbook pro which by dint of its cost alone for getting six-core processors and everything else is now really a pro machine if it wasn't before. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Tired of being censored by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon? Well, now you don't have to be. OneWay.com is the free speech and human-friendly social network built just for you. Stop feeding the beast. Every post you make on those evil, anti-human, anti-American perverted sites helps them destroy our families, our country, and our souls. Join OneWay today and take back your liberty. Your free speech alternative is waiting for you at OneWay.com. OneWay.com. Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. 
Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-910-5936. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-910-5936. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-910-5936. 1-800-910-5936. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M, of Nutramedical.com and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations for referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Let's focus on other things, except Looking at the new MacBook Pro, and the announcement just came out, they're just starting to ship, and you won't be able to get the 15-inch version with the touch bar and the six-core processor and all this stuff for a few days. If you were designing the MacBook Pro as a professional machine for your work, Josh Centers, is there anything there that they could have done better? Mm, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I... 
you know, for a professional machine, I would probably just scrap the entire design and uh, uh, probably went back to something more like the um, the 2015 model. Uh, sticking issue not aside, the keyboard, um, you know, I like it okay. I think I like it better than most people. But, um, you know, I, I, I picked up my wife's 2011 MacBook Pro recently, did some typing on it, and it was a revelation. It's just such a – it's so much better than these new keyboards. So, um, you know, I like the thinness, but uh, I hate the whole Thunderbolt 3 thing, the whole USB-C thing. You know, I would uh, – I mean, I wouldn't get rid of it. I mean, I think that's where things are definitely going, but it's just not there yet. So, you know, I would uh, probably have thickened the thing up a little bit, added some just regular ports to it, and and then add, included the Thunderbolt 3, maybe like one Thunderbolt 3 port alongside everything else, and, and let it grow a little bit more organically uh, over time. Uh, the touch bar, I'd probably just get rid of. I think it's um, – I think it's a waste, honestly. I haven't seen uh, any. I haven't seen a really good use of the touch bar. I haven't seen anything that really justifies its existence. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised they kept it at all. Maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know any Apple professionals who uh, really make much use out of it. My feeling here is that Apple doesn't go to the expense of adding something like that without a long-range game plan. So there's something probably in the wind that's going to be interesting if and when it comes out, but not yet. Well, maybe, but they've been at it for a couple of years, so I would hope they have something interesting by now. (laughs) Well, I mean, most of the major productivity programs have touch bar support. I just look at it and say, okay, and that's the end of it. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the problem with it is, I think we've covered this before, there's no tactical response. So there's not much difference between tapping a button on your touch bar and clicking a button on your screen. Um, and if anything, it's just a slower experience. Um, now, apparently, uh, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, in Mojave, uh, you can you can set up... I, I think they've changed the rules, so you do, you do not have to have the button on screen and i think they're also making it so you can run yeah so i think you can run uh things from background apps so so like uh for instance keyboard maestro will be able to offer um uh macros you can run from the touch bar while you're in you're in another app and uh if i'm remembering that right and if it's true and it comes uh, to fruition that would be a great thing. You know, if I could just do that, if I could just run a uh, keyboard maestro shortcuts from the touch bar, you know, I would be very happy with that. And I think that's really, you know, if they want the touch bar to be a professional thing, that's what they need. They need basically to let, um, to not dumb it down and let professional users just hack it for what they need it to do. You know, and if even if that's something unintuitive, uh, you know, to most users, that's fine. This isn't supposed to be a consumer-facing feature, right? So it's supposed to be a professional feature. I mean, if I if I could have a string of, of different macros, I could I could activate with one button without having to remember a bunch of keyboard shortcuts. Um, that would be genuinely useful. And so if that's what Mojave brings, um, I'll probably use my touch bar a lot more. You know, just as an example, um, at Tidbits uh, we have, and also at Take Control, we have a whole bunch of keyboard maestro and automator 
uh, macros and shortcuts to uh, work with images in the Finder, so we don't have to open uh, Pixelmator or Photoshop. We have one to combine different iPhone size screenshots. Like we have one for iPhone 10 screenshots. We have one for like iPhone 6, et cetera, et cetera. And we have different keyboard shortcuts for all those. Um, it would be nice if I could just have those in the touch bar and not have to remember the keyboard shortcut for those. Uh, we have an, an automator uh, thing for bordering images automatically. If that could be a keyboard shortcut I could throw in there, that'd be awesome. So that's just some examples of, you know, specific professional uses um that would be uh you know nice to be able to do well you know it's one of the things that maybe they could put a haptic engine on the touch bar so you get some kind of feeling for it yeah that would be nice um i'm kind of surprised that hasn't come to it yet you know i'm going to tell you one of my favorite things about 3d touch on the iPhones, um, and I don't use the the push in feature all that much, um, other than just moving the cursor. But I do really enjoy that taptic feedback you get um, as you click things and tap things on the screen. I think that does. I think that adds a legitimate, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, I, I do think it's a nice UI touch. It makes things a little friendlier. Uh, it makes the touch screen a little friendlier because instead of just tapping a piece of glass and things just happening, you know, you do get physical feedback that helps uh, connect you to the device a little more. It's a little bit more of a, it's a little bit more human. Um, so I do appreciate that. And yeah, I, I do think that is something uh, the touch bar is missing uh, is is that taptic feedback? Um, if nothing else, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just it's just a certain satisfaction uh, when you feel a click. You know, when you press a button, um, you, you know that's the thing. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's a great Joe Rogan clip where he's he's complaining about the new MacBooks Pro, and and his guest is saying, you know, humans like pressing buttons, and uh, and that's true. I mean, you know, no, there's nothing better than a nice, satisfying button press you know you feel like you know like click um so uh yeah i don't know why they would try to move away from that other than just uh you know the cost of servicing or etc but you know yeah I, I would you know long story short yeah i would like to have some kind of tactic feedback in the touch bar and it doesn't seem as if apple can do it they're already putting in a system on a chip they've got a t2 chip which picks up some security related features that come from the iMac Pro. So we know this is an ongoing thing that Apple is going to do. So you wonder why they haven't added that yet. Or maybe there are things we don't know about because all we have is a press release. We don't have a demonstration of this machine. We do have descriptions at Apple's site. But there may be other enhancements or changes that we don't know about yet that may be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's a a lot of rumors and speculation on the way. <laughs> there sure are. There sure are. Of course, we're talking about the new MacBook Pro. Now, bear in mind here that there are no other Macs introduced. There's a rumor that a Mac Mini is coming this fall. But I kind of suspect at this point what Apple has done by having its most expensive non-perfect, well, most expensive notebook updated with a press release all the other Mac updates will get nothing more than press releases. Unless they have a special event to roll out the 2019 Mac Pro and then introduce some more Macs. I suppose that's possible. 
But this one here, they wanted to get this one out ahead of the educational buying season. So people buying new Macs for the fall, they now can get a new MacBook Pro. That's why it was put out now. The most expensive model so they can get the most income. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a good uh, tip of the hat. It's going to be an ongoing Macintosh season. There'll be more and more new Macs coming out, which is interesting. That's pretty good news. By the way, we have Josh Centers of Tidbits. I used to say Take Control Books, but he only writes them now. Joe Kissel is the guy behind Take Control Books. But it's the same authors right. and a lot of the good, same good stuff there. We've got yeah. more to come. This is the Tech Night Out Live. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org.
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So, Josh Centers, do you think now, after thousands of years, um, four years, the Mac Mini is now going to get that update because Tim Cook says they love it. I'm going to tell you something, Gene. Apple has um, had a Mac Mini update. Uh, my understanding is actually a redesign on the shelf for two years, waiting for Intel to give them the chip they promised them uh, that Apple designed the machine around. Um, and that's all the specifics I know. My guess is that um they uh you know probably made a much small they've probably made a much smaller machine because the mac mini isn't isn't very many now is it it's it's kind of enormous so and- this is the mac enormous brand new model <laughs> apple is introducing a new machine called the mac enormous okay if you're wondering is no longer a mac mini is a mac enormous okay so it's going to be a slightly smaller model or it's just going to be a keyboard or something no, that's been done already. Right. So I will, we'll just see what this new Mac Mini is. Um, I mean, it, it, it has caused, uh, you know, a lot of people have thought, you know, this might be impetus for um, Apple to switch to ARM. I don't think they're quite there yet. I think this Mac Mini will probably be an Intel model, uh, but we'll just see. I do think it's way past time because, I mean, really the last Mac Mini update was 2012. And the 2014 update... Um, actually made things worse in a lot of ways and then makes it not repairable for no good reason other than just they decided to slap a bunch of hot glue in there. It's been impossible to recommend the Mac Mini for years now. 
So, yeah, hopefully they will finally update that thing. Either update it or cancel it. I mean, one or the other. Don't just leave it sitting, dying there in the vine. That's not good. You know, it's like when you go into a grocery store. You've been into like, a, we have a lot of these country grocery stores around here. Where you have to look very carefully at, at everything on the shelf to make sure it hasn't expired years ago or has mold on it. So it's kind of like that. You know, I don't think that's the impression uh, Apple wants to, uh, you know, give. What interests me here is just talking about this rumor, or maybe you have more authority for that than you're letting me in on, that Apple has had a new Mac Mini on the shelf, but Intel has not come out with the chip for it yet. And that is, you know, a little bit annoying or a little bit frightening that Apple would go through the bother of designing a computer around something that Intel seems to be unable to get out. I thought Intel was mostly months behind, not two years behind. Or am I missing something here? Intel has a lot of problems, uh, mostly on the fabrication end. But like, for instance, now I'm not the chip expert here, but you know they've they've been struggling to get down to 12 and, and 10 nanometer chips. You know, which I, I'm guessing is probably related to this Mac Mini. You know, of course, you know Apple likes to really design stuff in an integrated fashion, you know, I think especially in this post iOS era. And so if Intel can't meet the specification, I mean, and this, and the, the, this part of it isn't anything secret. I mean, it's just known that, that Intel's had a very hard time getting down to 10 nanometer. I think now they're, they're saying they're going to try to get down to eight nanometer and just skip 10 entirely. We'll see. We'll see. So I, my guess is that this Mac Mini is going to be an Intel machine, but you know we'll just we'll decide. We'll see. We'll have to see. Well, I'm still half and half about whether Apple is going to go ARM right now. Obviously, they are able to come up with these very very tiny fabs. What are they going to go down to now? Seven or eight in the next A series chip? I've heard a little bit about the A series now. And, uh, you know, what's coming for it, my understanding is this next A-series that they're going to announce later this year is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, It's going to be a huge leap forward for the A-series. So, I mean, that might have something to do with this sudden wave of new Macs. But, you know, I I would be, you, you know, I think if they're suddenly making a jump to ARM, I don't think they would do it this fall because then why would they be releasing Intel MacBooks Pro now? I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to do this. I'm not. I'm sure. I, I don't think they would start releasing ARM machines alongside Intel machines. Um, let's see. When they do it, when they did the Intel jump, they announced it a year in advance to give people time to prepare. But I don't know. We'll see. Now the other thing I've heard too. Is I've heard, you know, it may not be so much the Mac moving to ARM. I think I don't think Apple wants to move the Mac to ARM. I think that's sort of a last ditch effort. Um, it's like a last resort. But uh, you know, I, and I have heard that the machine Apple intends uh, to replace the Mac would run on ARM. So you know, we'll just we'll have to see. The machine to replace the Mac. What do you think it's going to be? Um, you know, there's not much I can say. Um, other than I will say there's a lot of clues out there. There's a lot of clues. I, I'll say I'll say this much: what Apple is working on um, is known 
by many people in the industry. Uh, Intel knows about it, and I think Intel is having a slight panic attack about it. Um, and some of the things they've been showing lately are clues. Some of the things Microsoft has been showing are clues. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of forces in the industry trying to figure out how they're going to respond to this thing, and I, I'm not sure any of them quite know. Okay, well, you're talking around the edges here. What do you think personally? You know, we're just talking off the top of our heads here. What right. do you think personally Apple is going to do? Is it going to be some point of convergence between the iPad and the Mac? But then that would just be a two-in-one Mac. I don't think that would be it, would it? I, I think what you're going to see, I think what you're going to see, well, I think um, uh, the, what they call Marzipan, this thing where you can port iOS apps to the Mac, I think that's going to be a big part of it. I, I think you're going to um, see uh, something like a dual-screen tablet. Like, think like... Um, what was that one Microsoft hat was showing a few years ago and then they dropped. Um, but you know, think like a, an iPad, but it's got a hinge and two screens, but then when you open it up, it's just one big screen. And, you know, think about if, uh, it ran something as powerful as Mac OS, but, um, it, it was, it was built with touch in mind. And and just you know, sort of think about what the, what what that machine would be like. I, I think that's that's something like what we're looking at. And, you, and you'll see uh, Microsoft's been hitting at similar machines. Uh, Intel has uh, you know Intel's been demoing some machines like that. I think if nothing else, trying to prove that they can uh, build chips that can power such a machine. But um, my guess would be uh, if Apple were to make such a machine, it would be, you know, built on an A-series. Of course, what always happens here is that other companies come out with the product first and then Apple comes out with the real version. Right, right. I mean, you know, we'll we'll just see. We'll we'll see what what comes out. I guess Apple also probably at this point is still fine-tuning what they're going to do and how many years will it be? Because right now, Apple's made some pretty big investments in Macs. They're working on this Mac Pro. We've got the iMac Pro, the five-figure iMac. We've got all these expensive machines that are out now that have professional pretensions. we got the new MacBook Pro. And that, to me, indicates for the next few years, this is what you're going to get. And then something may occur, maybe another two, three, four years, the beginnings of a new device, but it will take a while for that to replace a Mac or replace an iPad or whatever. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's basically the idea. You know, I don't think they're going to look to dump the Mac overnight, but, you know, Apple is looking ahead uh, to, you know, what's next. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very much a big question, uh, you know, in the industry is, you know, uh, how do you how do you combine the benefit of a tablet with uh, that of a uh, uh, you know with a laptop? And you know Microsoft's been approaching it uh, their own way, and Apple's kind of been 
sneaking up on it. But I mean, that's definitely where the industry's wanting to go, right? It's wanting to go with these uh, sort of hybrid. So we've got Josh Centers of Tidbits and much more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Yeah, of course, we saw the surface, so I guess that's where Microsoft thinks it's going to come. But with the surface, and they just introduced a really cheap one. Microsoft hasn't found the right direction yet to ensure big sales. That's selling a tremendous amount. Apple sells many times more of their Macs. So whatever it is, it's still something. And then the other question is here, where does Microsoft go with the Surface? Is it something to show other manufacturers what direction Microsoft wants them to take? Or saying to those companies, you're not giving us anything new or anything different. We're going to do it ourselves. But then that's kind of like really giving the backhand to all the companies who've kept them in business by buying Windows licenses for their hardware. Yeah, I uh, I think Microsoft's in it to win it. I don't think they're they're out there just to show a model. I think they're you know just doing their own thing. I think they kind of have to, right? Because you know the PC manufacturers got very lazy 
there for a while. So, um, you know, they just announced this new Surface Go, which is like a, a, a iPad competitor. So it starts at four hundred dollars. Uh, I'm a bit skeptical. The thing won't be a frustrating mess, but it is interesting, and it's something I think uh, the Windows world desperately needs. So, yeah, but you know, that's the thing. I don't think Surface is the future. Uh, and, I mean, you know, the Surface has been around for a while now in its current form, and uh, it's not really set the world on fire. I, I think I think a lot of people looked at it and said, oh, that's neat. Like, uh, you know, like people do with the Zune. I mean, the Zune had, you know, <laughs> the Zune's had, had some interesting features, but it, it never really hit the mark, just like the same way I don't think the, the Surface has ever really hit the mark. and and uh, you know Microsoft keeps just kind of plugging away at it, but I, th- I think they're, they're setting themselves up for Apple eventually come around something that hits the zeitgeist in, in a manner that's that's going to get people excited about it, and Microsoft's going to be stuck scratching its head and wondering what it did wrong again. It, you know, which is unfortunate. I, I think the biggest sin of the Surface is that um, Microsoft hasn't had the guts to just say you know, let's dump windows and let's move on or let's, let's, you know, I mean, they've, they've kind of tried it. You know, they tried the windows RT thing. They had that windows name to it and it didn't run all the windows programs. So I think they just had, you know, you know, at the same time they tried, you know, have windows mobile. I think it's a problem. They never get away from, you know, they, they can't get away from, uh, you know, the windows branding. And so, you know, there's been rumors they've been working on, a, a new operating system, but now they've dropped it, and people are like, "Well, you know, they just can't, they can't move away from it." Well, um, you see that they tried to use some of the same stuff for the Windows Mobile, didn't work, as you mentioned. Of course, the RT trying to put Windows on ARM, and the key is the applications. Now, this new model looks to be a very low power Intel chip. So, how you are even going to get Windows to run decently? on a low-end processor doesn't make sense to me. It's not like Apple's iOS, which is optimized for a low-end processor, and the fact that the A-series processors are desktop class in terms of performance in a very, very restricted environment. So that's the other thing that Microsoft might also, as you say, be aware of what Apple is doing with their new equipment and trying to steal Apple's thunder, but that's not going to happen. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess we'll see how, what the, uh, we'll see what the surface go is like. Uh, I get the feeling it's probably going to end up being a frustrating mess for most people, but you know, it might be a good tablet, but I mean, we're looking at it for $400. Uh, you know, the basic iPad is three twenty nine, and honestly a really good value, or maybe it's three fifty, and something like that, but it's cheaper in any case. And, uh, you know, arguably a better value. Um, the software is more tailor-made for the device, you know, so it's, it's going to be hard to say to somebody, yeah, get the, get the surface pro, uh, sorry, the surface go over the iPad. Um, you, you know, you, you have a really good tablet versus what's probably going to be uh, a very mediocre PC, S- you know, so we'll see. I mean, if, if it's a good device, I'll probably get one, you know, I could use a windows machine myself. Uh, to keep around, but uh, I'm very skeptical about the whole thing. There you go. Now, of course, with Mac OS Mojave, I'm not using it yet. 
And the reason is Audio Hijack's main component, capture component, is incompatible. When it is, I'll try it out. I mean, I might put it on second partition on my iMac just to see what it does. I'll probably still, though, wait for another release of Mojave before I give it a try. I'm hoping here that Audio Hijack will be available compatible. The thing is, I asked the people at Rogue Amoeba, and they will not even tell me when it'll come out. So there must be some major, major level change in Mojave that makes its key capture component incompatible. Yeah, I think it has to do with the security model. And I've talked to um, uh, Rich Siegel from Barebones Software about why uh, uh, they're bringing BB Edit back to the Mac App Store. And they're also being very quiet and kind of cagey about the whole thing. So I, I get the sense that um, Apple was making some kind of extremely major change to the architecture in Mojave. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure what. I'm, I'm hoping, uh, you know, in the fall uh, there will be more to say about it. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I, think, I think we're due for a lot of really interesting news in the fall. There's a lot, you know, it's sort of interesting, uh, you know, typically, uh, you know, we know more about what's going on behind the scenes of Mac OS at this point in time. And this time we don't so much. So, um, well, the other thing about it is that other than the dark mode and under the hood changes, is there much of significance? Do you really need those apps from iOS? I suppose some people do. I suppose also it makes it easier to jump from one machine to the other if you have some unification. Being able to use continuity to grab photos from your iPhone, I think that's a pretty good feature. I see situations where that might be valuable. In any case here, I suppose on the days I'm not recording a show, I'll stick a second partition on my iMac, as I said, and try it. Originally, I might have tried my MacBook Pro, but of course, the new operating system, Mojave, requires metal graphics support. And a 2010 MacBook Pro doesn't have it. So my MacBook Pro is now obsolete. Josh? Yeah, it's... Okay. Yeah. Um, where were we going with that? <laughs> I'm just saying with Mojave, I can't run it on my MacBook Pro because it won't run it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, though, I'm, I'm glad you uh, told me about that because I, I had thought about installing the beta myself. And uh, uh, Audio Hijack's a program I use. So uh, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, they'll have it working in the fall. <laughs> I assume they will and like that. The other thing I noticed here, there was a report somewhere, and I haven't seen further confirmation. Obviously, the Mac App Store is going to be updated. But they said they're going to offer apps like Word or Office in the App Store. That's going to require a lot of differences compared to what it is now, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and they're being pretty quiet about that. So, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, um, it's one of many th- mysteries uh, yet to be solved. And obviously, Apple works a lot closer with Microsoft these days than they used to. The Mac and the iOS platforms are major sources of revenue 
for Microsoft without the need for very much support. So I suppose they've got to be really interested in getting more display on Apple products. And don't forget the Tech Night Owl Plus, the best way to become a listener to the show because we offer you a version free of network ads. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for more information. We've got more to come. One more segment with Josh Centers of Tidbits on the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its 
toll on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits. And he's the managing editor over there. And we've been talking about the new MacBook Pros, what might be coming in the future, Apple with a Mac on ARM, the next Apple computer that will replace perhaps the Mac. Remember, we used to have an Apple II. Remember, Apple had other computers before the Mac came along. So there's no reason why they can't have a simultaneous availability as they did in the old days. Apple IV. Apple IV. Is that, what you're going to, is that what you're going to call it? Yeah. The, <laughs> the Apple, Apple 4 from Apple. Now, remember also Apple may come up with something that's seemingly revolutionary, but they do it in kind of baby steps. I think, for example, with the iPhone, there are a lot of things it didn't do with the first edition. The App Store, for whatever reason that Steve Jobs maybe didn't have favorite originally, the App Store didn't appear until the following year. They didn't even support 3G networking until the second edition of the iPhone, baby steps. Now, of course, it moves a lot faster. So we think here Apple's going to do that with this Mac replacement or whatever it is, the convergence computer. Like the Apple Watch, there are lots of things it did not do in the first edition. One of the key things, of course, being the addition of cellular support. They added it, and now was the Apple Watch is the number one best-selling wearable on the planet. So whatever Apple comes up with, it may be one of those things where it seems to be an interesting, if curious, product, and then a couple of years later it takes over the market. What's your perception? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I still have a really good sense of uh, how big the Apple Watch is. You know, I, I tend to see them out quite a bit. I mean, I don't think it'll ever be as big as, say, the iPhone, but, I mean, I... I think in terms of computers, people strapped to themselves. <laughs> the, the the Apple Watch definitely uh, has the advantage there. Although I do see a lot of Fitbits and uh, miscellaneous fitness trackers too. So I mean, you know, I've actually been considering um, getting one of these cheap Chinese uh, fitness trackers to replace my Apple Watch because that's really ultimately what I use my Apple Watch for. You know, I just don't see a need other than just you know hardware testing to uh you know spend a bunch of money you know on an apple watch you know when it's, i'm just going to use it as it, it can do the same thing a 30 dollar fitness tracker does right i suppose some things but do you really 
want to give all your personal health data to some foreign country. Because uh, well, I, I think mean, buying a device from China is not going to be as secure. Where do they make the Apple Watch? Where do they host the iCloud data? It depends where you live. If you live in China, so, then there may be issues. If you live in the United States, there won't be any. You know, furthermore, if the Chinese are spying me, I don't really care. What, what are the Chinese going to do about it? You know, <laughs> laugh fat American who doesn't, you know, run enough. You know, I, I don't care. You see, I also wonder here, of course, we make a very big deal about the privacy of your health data. And I understand that. I respect that. But if somebody knows, say, in China, that maybe I once had high blood pressure. I don't. My blood pressure is actually quite normal. But if someone in China knows I have high blood pressure, what are they going to do? All right? Right, yeah. yeah. What are they going to do if they know, for example, that I might have had some kind of infection, took antibiotics for it, or maybe I took antidepressants, whatever I did. Do you really care? What are they going to do about it? Unless it's something that concerns your job. What are they going to do? I have a headline. Look, there's Gene's prescriptions from his pharmacy. Right. You know, for, for the most part, you know, no one's going to care. You know, I mean, I could see like, you know, if you're in a position that could be blackmailed and you had like an STD or something. Yeah. But I mean, you know, why would your Fitbit know that? <laughs> you know, so you know, I'm, I'm working on a review of a smart scale for uh, tidbits right now I've been using. And, you know, I address the privacy thing. And, you know, the thing I tell people, I'm like, look, if you're if you're that worried about it, don't use a connected scale. You know, don't use a fitness tracker. Because, look, I mean, you know, just don't put this, you know, it's like people, you know, I'm sympathetic. People get like nudes and, and you know, uh, sensitive images, you know, leaked on the Internet. But, like, you know, I just tell people, like, look, if you if you don't want it out there, don't put it on the Internet in the first place. You know, and a lot of people get mad about that. But this is true. If you have a scale and it's going to measure your weight and upload that data to a server, there is a chance it could get out. If you take a picture of your genitals and put that uh, on the Internet somewhere. There's a chance it could get out. You know, I, that's just a fact. You know, and you say I'm victim blaming, get mad at me, whatever. Look, I'm just telling you, that's just a fact. You know, there was an event a few years ago where a lot of young actresses got uh, nude photos leaked. And, and it was all from iCloud. I mean, Apple's supposed to be like a number one security. But I mean, all this stuff was, my understanding was all social engineering attacks. And, and they got these, these images out there. I mean, if it's out there where someone uh, can access it, then it can get accessed. But the people who had their data compromised, it was their fault, social engineering. They did something they should not have done, and they suffered well, they the consequences. Well, so I don't understand if it was something they did or something Apple did. Because, I mean, it's it's not that hard to call these companies and pretend you're somebody else and and get them to unlock things for you, get their, get, get their reset password and stuff. I don't know. But in any case, I'm not going to go that far. I will say... If it's out there, people can get it. Okay, connected scale. I bought a scale for $15 from Amazon. I like the scale. It appears to be accurate because it's within the range of the scales at my doctor's office and my wife's doctor's office. I don't care if people know my weight. I'm six foot one. I weigh 178 and a half pounds, which is within the normal range. Okay, now you know it. You're going to blackmail me? Right. Go blackmail me. Here it is. Let me hear it. Gene weighs 178 and a half pounds. And that's 11 and a half pounds less than he weighed when he was 18. All right? There you go. Oh, now we've, you know, they're going to blackmail me for this. 
It's going to be a headline. God. It's going to be on HuffPost tomorrow. <laughs> Media Matters. It's going to be on Breitbart. Fox News is going to talk about it. All the best news sources. Oh, definitely the last two, yes. I wouldn't say for what. <laughs> oh, I don't know what we're doing here, but I think it's about talking technology. Take a little time because we have the little time. Tell them all about Tidbits because we give them the location, but we never explain what it is. Go ahead. Okay. So Tidbits is an Apple news and related content site that's been around since 1990. It is the oldest uh, online only publication still uh, operational. And uh, we've, you know, we've kind of redefined our mission statement. It's kind of sharpened it lately. You know, we like to try to focus on uh, using Apple devices for productivity, for getting things done. And so uh, we try to follow through with that. Um, we're at tidbits.com. We're very light on the advertisement. Uh, we have a membership program that we encourage people to sign up for uh, that offers a few goodies. But we don't have anything behind a paywall at this time. So and you can join the membership program for as little as 20 bucks a year. And I tell people, look, it, uh, we don't tend to do clickbait and we don't tend to do, uh, you know, the sort of outrageous, ridiculous things other websites do. <laughs> Come T- check us out. Josh Sanders, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Now Live. All right. Thanks for having me, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dylan Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dylan Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dylan Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dylan Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? 
and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we're joined by Joe Wilcox, former industry analyst and blogger and columnist on all things in the technology business. And before we got started, we had a little bit of a glitch with Skype, which is typical. You know, it's juggling audio from different sources because we're using something called Audio Hijack here. It grabs the audio from Skype and from my mic mixer. And Joe remarked that only Siri is worse than Skype. How so? Well, I mean, uh, she doesn't always understand what you're saying. Uh, doesn't always give good direct. I mean, sometimes when I'm trying to get directions, uh, you, you'll I'll state where I want to be, and she thinks I'm somewhere else in the in the country or the planet. And then, of course, uh, you know, there's just the overall uh, voice recognition is good, but not great. I don't know. What's your experience? It's kind of interesting. Most of the time, it works fairly good or fairly well with directions. Now, recently, for various reasons, I had to live out of a hotel for a few weeks until I found a new apartment. Uh-huh. And while going to look for apartments or just traveling around, I use Siri most of the time. And it's kind of funny how I did it. I would look up a place in Google and select directions, and 99 times out of 100 on my iPhone, it would launch Maps, Apple Maps, not Google Maps. Okay. And where I ran into trouble sometimes is when you go into a shopping center and you want to find a specific store and that store is mixed with a number of other stores in a shopping center, it has difficulty figuring out where you have to go. 
So one example, I was going to a place to get a cup of coffee and it was just a small shop and it kept sending me to the other side of the shopping center. Not that Google is all that much better. I don't know. You know, my experience is Google is a lot better, but also Google collects my data and God knows who else has access to it. And that makes me somewhat uncomfortable. But I got to say, you know, Google Assistant, I find to be uh, generally, you know, more accurate and more responsive. And then now with the, uh, you know, Google I.O. Uh, in the week that just passed, we got uh, what new voices. John Legend is going to be one of the voices for this whole, you know, AI thing, artificial intelligence driven assistant. We'll see how how artificial the intelligence is. <laughs> I, I don't know if they could call it an, an oxymoron, but isn't there something strange about those two terms together? artificial and intelligence, meaning you're not really that bright after all. I mean, we, we have the connotations of being super smart, but it seems to me those, those two terms just don't quite fit together to mean what they're supposed to. You know, I think about it this way, back to John Ledger. I would think here, I would find it more interesting if it was John Lennon. Imagine John Lennon giving you directions or Samuel L. Jackson. Because if it's Samuel L. Jackson, no matter what it says, you'll listen. It's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, get those effing snakes off the plane, whatever, right? You know, it's very funny here. I read a story about Samuel L. Jackson, and he's the kind of actor who just wants to keep working, and he doesn't always care if the film is lousy. So he got the script for Snakes on a Plane. Right. And he read the script, and he said, I'll do this didn't care about the production values. As soon as he saw the dialogue that he was supposed to read, he said, let me do this film. Now, I don't know how well it did. I think it was really good for, uh, for his uh, brand. I think Michael Caine was a kind of actor too, where he just seemed to be in, you know, when he was a young working guy, he was in anything and everything. It didn't matter what it was or, or the, you know, the quality of the production. He just kept on working. Then again, you have to think about this. We have this actor in his 40s, a Shakespearean actor, and he never made more than like $160 a week in $1980, which is what, like 300 something dollars, say not a lot, barely middle class. Right. And he's hired for an American TV series, sci-fi. And I think for the first year he lived in a room atop somebody's house because he could, didn't believe that he could possibly be making this kind of money. That was Patrick Stewart, his <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. He's a guy in his 40s. He's a Shakespearean actor. He is not what we call traditionally handsome. And suddenly he's a major star. Only Star Trek, right? That's it. All because of Star Trek, this guy became a worldwide star. You know, sometimes it's that one role. Not that he, of course, didn't make a lot of money playing Charles Xavier in X-Men, but that's where it goes. Let's get back to things that Makes sense. So Apple hired one or two people from Google who managed artificial intelligence. Is that going to help make the difference? Maybe, probably not. What the advantage that, that Google has is the amount of uh, data it's able to mine and basically allow it. So, you know, what's that saying about practice makes perfect? Uh, the artificial intelligence will get smarter because of the amount of information that's coming to it. And Apple just doesn't collect data the same way. 
uh, puts in uh, privacy roadblocks, which I appreciate as a as a consumer, uh, but I think also impedes uh, the development of of Siri exactly how far she can grow, so to speak. What about machine learning? Well, uh, certainly, uh, when you start talking about things like you know photos, where a lot of people are using uh, you know iPhone, I think it's the most popular camera on Flickr, for example. I'm not sure about Instagram and how they track it, but I'm assuming that the most popular uh, camera on Instagram is iPhone. So you have a lot of collection of data there, um, which allows uh, Apple to make you know the whole photo process, the artificial intelligence applied to that get better and better and better. And I'd argue that uh, Apple probably would have the edge in many ways over Google, despite everything Google does, uh, you know, with its, you know, whole photo service and free uploads and so on and Android phones being everywhere. But in terms of other things, informationally oriented, Apple's going to always be behind because it just doesn't collect the same amount of information. My opinion. Well, Apple is not going to abandon that, but I suppose they also abstract data that goes to their computers. So they don't get personal data, but don't they get enough to get a sense of the questions people ask? Google's the king of search. Uh, I mean, unless, uh, unless Apple's capturing that data, uh, somehow from the browser, you know, because you have Google search built into Siri as the default, I, I, I don't see how uh, Apple can, 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 can do what Google's doing because Google just gets so much. My problem with Google is I find that increasingly the search is, is uh, less intelligent. The more, <laughs> there's just too much going on in the internet. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how these days... I haven't looked at it closely. Uh, the rankings are done, but often when I'm searching for stuff, I can't find what I want right away because I'm presented with you know, ad links, uh, things to buy when I might really just want to research something. And the most popular sites still tend to float to the top through Google search. So uh, if you're you know looking for something obscure uh, or you know something that may be just personally meaningful to you, you may not find it, even though Google's tracking all this stuff. Again, that's my experience. What about yours? Well, I'm not a super searcher, as they say, but I find it quite often that I don't get the results I want, and I don't change standard settings. So it's tracking my stuff. And if I look at a car or a retail product of any kind, like a mattress, we need a mattress. Our mattress is like 15 years old. It's not sagging or anything because you can turn it over and get more life out of it. But my wife's getting neck pain, so we really want to see what's going to happen. And with all that, that is something where I will maybe be inundated with mattress ads, but a lot of the information I want, it's not always easy to find. We've got more to come with Jill Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Now there's a proven powerful anti-inflammatory that absorbs 40 times better. Yes, Nanocurcumin Plus from One Planet Nutrition contains smaller particle size that allows absorption over 40 times better into your bloodstream. Nanocurcumin Plus may also help reduce pain and inflammation, detoxify, and help against heart disease and diabetes. Nanocurcumin Plus is now on sale at OnePlanetNutrition.com. Use promo code GCN for your special discount at OnePlanetNutrition.com. The next generation of nutritional supplementation. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at killingunclesambook.com. killingunclesambook.com.
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. I think here Apple is sensitive to series limitations because it was the first of this popular digital assistant and it's fallen behind because of Apple's privacy, I guess. And complaints, by the way, on the part of former staffers of Siri who claim Apple, you know, did something wrong. I don't know. There was this article in The Information, if you recall it, interviewing former Siri executives who really attacked Apple. And then some other ones who said, no, it wasn't Apple's fault, or maybe it was the people who did Apple Maps. Well, actually, I believe that. Uh, I've been critical of Apple for some time about being overly obsessed with touch uh, when the motif was moving towards voice. Granted, Siri was out there before most of the assistants, but then Apple didn't really seem to follow through and allowed Alexa and Google Assistant to jump ahead by leaps and bounds. And part of that, I believe, is about the whole design ethic, which is so much about touch. Now, I understand why Apple may do that with 3D touch and so on, trying to sell these things. But, hey, let's move on to Star Trek computing. And I think we've had this discussion before where, you know, don't I don't want my fingers to do the walking. The most natural way to communicate how we are differentiated as a species is voice and ears, you know, listening. We talk to each other. We'd like to talk to things as well. We want it to respond to us. And Apple needs to, needs to catch up. You know, AR is fine, augmented reality. But again, it's not the same thing as voice everywhere. And if Apple doesn't really get aggressive soon, and maybe even it's already too late, uh, it will never catch up with Amazon or Google. Now, one of the comments I heard early on, and I think it came from one of the New York Times reporters, is that when it was being tested before f- full deployment, Siri worked okay. But as soon as it was put under load, its accuracy fell. So is it still that thing that it's growing by leaps and bounds because more and more people have Apple gear, but Siri still can't handle the massive number of requests, is that part of the problem? I mean, I see delays. I have pretty decent internet service here, even the cheapest one. I'm locked into right. one here. I'm locked into CenturyLink where I live now. And it's wired for CenturyLink, and I have their cheapest plan. But even then, I take my iPhone, and I do a request even to set an alarm. You know, like Siri set an alarm for 5 p.m. Just want to take a nap in the afternoon or something. And sometimes it just stalls. And what it's telling me is it's not getting the message. It's sending the message up to the cloud and it's not coming back, even though I have the internet access. So maybe that's still one of the problems Apple has. Maybe. I find it hard to believe with all the the data centers that Apple has and the push around uh, internet services and the fact that it's become an important uh, uh, bullet point on the financial statement. Can't imagine that Apple wouldn't have... uh, the, the necessary computing power, you know, for Siri. Granted, I run into hic- hiccups as well. Um, 
and more and I would say more so with Siri than Google Assistant. I don't use Alexa as much, so I can't compare. But it also, you know, it could have to do with the devices as well. You know, whether you have a good, you know, good connection to the over Wi-Fi to the internet. Um, but I would say lagging, while I see it occasionally for me, is the exception rather than the rule. It depends where you are. What's funny here is that one of Apple's largest data centers, don't know if it's finished yet, is in Chandler, Arizona. And that location is maybe a 12-minute drive from where I am now, 12, 15-minute drive. So I'm right in the heart of one of Apple's largest or the largest data center, like I said, Chandler, Arizona. And still, (laughs) I have these issues. I don't know if it's CenturyLink. I don't know. I have no idea. I know I don't use CenturyLink's DNS. I've tried Google DNS, and there's another company now, and Cloudflare has DNS. I try those. So we'll see about Siri. Maybe we'll hear more about this at the WWDC. I mean, they did promise better Siri at last year's WWDC, and I see other than the voice being a little bit better, it doesn't seem to have improved that much. I, I agree. I don't see a lot of improvement uh, since over the, over the last year been waiting for it, particularly with the release of HomePod, but I just don't see it. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's, I think it's just nowhere as good as a competition. Well, maybe they'll be saying something this year. I will certainly look forward to it. But right now, we're about a month away, a little less than a month away. So we'll deal with that later. But I wanted to ask you about Google I.O. Google P. They're going into gestures kind of reminiscent of iPhone ten. One of the features that I see and a few others that seem to be interesting. But the thing I always worry about with any Android release is that it may have great features. It may really do wonders for the platform. But if it that by the next year, 7% of the user base is able to get it and install it, what good is it for developers? And, you know, that's that's the problem. Uh, and it won't ever be solved as long as, uh, you know, Samsung is the leader. Uh, and skins these things and the other competitors as well. I, I don't see how a Google can bring uh, any of the features to the mass market quickly enough. Let me Sorry? interrupt you one second and we'll go on. One thing I should mention here, Google is offering beta versions of Android P, but nothing for Samsung users. I think Samsung, you can continue after this, Samsung would ditch Android in a heartbeat, if they could do something as good or better, but they can't. I would agree with that. Uh, now, I have one of the uh, uh, the Google Pixel C tablets, which, by the way, being you know th- that's a Google Google produced tablet, cannot run Android P on it. It's uh, it's an end of life device. Well, thank you very much, Google. Um, and I, I to me, that's kind of a metaphor for everything that's wrong. With Android, the fact that the the really skinless versions are still confined not not totally, but mostly confined to uh, to Google devices, and they're just they're they're uh, they just don't get the sales volume uh, that uh, the the, the uh, OEMs do. So you don't get the propagation of the best features. I mean, still, if you look at the uh, at the photo capabilities, really. Um, you want to get a Pixel uh, XL to uh, a Google, the Google device over anything else. Now, granted, you know, Samsung has its camera and 
and does some in- really interesting things. But if we're talking about the pure Android experience, what Google you know bakes into it, the the so-called goodness, I hate that term that everybody uses, the goodness, um, then uh, you, you need to have a that that Google Google device experience, and not many people do. Well, if you can't get the latest Android on a Google phone of any year, any recent year, well, it hardly tablet, makes very still, much sense. But um, yeah, this, the the Pixel C is a tablet, but nevertheless, yeah, it's not that old. And since we, by the way, complain so much about the iPhone 10 for $999. I'm looking at the prices, the Pixel 2 XL, six-inch display. Okay. And they're giving you a $100 discount. And despite that, it's still $949. Why is it that a $950 smartphone, or one that's more but discounted, is any less expensive than a $999 smartphone? Why is that significant? Why is that an issue? If you pay a monthly payment on these things, the cost is going to be a dollar or two. Yeah. Uh, so what are you asking? I'm not sure I understand. Okay. All right. You were looking at the Google XL2, which is an expensive phone. It's almost the same price as the iPhone 10. Yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> but we make a big deal. I'm going to ask more about the iPhone 10 later. I just want to get more into the Android stuff. So... Google, after all these years, can't figure a way to deploy this to a wider number of users. Samsung doesn't care. If they can get, was it Tizen? Is that the way it's pronounced? They can get their operating system to completely replace Android, which they can't. Whatever problems you have with Android, they can't do any better. They have no incentive to offer their customers any special deals on the newest version. I would think Samsung would want to say, you buy a new Galaxy, we'll let you use the beta of Android P. I think they could have worked that out with Google, but obviously they did not. We'll talk well, more about this, Google I.O. and other things, and also about the iPhone ten and all the complaints that it was a bad seller when it was selling a lot. More to come. We have Joe Wilcox. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. 
try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So getting back to Android P, anything more, any features that kind of lit your fire? No, I mean... uh yeah, we have uh, Google talking more about uh, the, the gestures and you know the the whole artificial intelligence stuff, but you know the AI we I, we heard all that last year as well, and you know we're we're talking we're at a point now where we're really talking about the stuff that's baked into the operating system, and consumers may not you know see it for a while. Excuse me. So I'm you know kind of you know, wait and see as the past because nothing's changed. The landscape for Android is pretty much the same, which is Samsung and most of the other OEMs skin the device to add value to uh, uh, provide an, a cu- their own customer experience. That hasn't changed in a year or two or three. And as long as that's the case, and I don't see it changing anytime if ever, you know, these, these events come, they're great for developers, but the operating system... I don't see as advancing by leaps and bounds where the change is happening is, you know, more again on the back end where Google is leveraging its uh, expertise and information collection uh, and uh, providing data services. That's where the smarts is going to come from for Android or anything else, you know, Google does, including Chrome OS. Does Google ultimately want to just somehow merge Chrome and Android because they seem to be sharing stuff now? You can run Android apps on Chrome. I don't think so. I think what we're seeing now some uh, some Chrome OS tablets, uh, which is you know a, a, a departure, and I think it's more for the education market than anything else. You know, Google's got a nice lock on the education market because of these uh, Chrome books being just so damn cheap to buy uh, and fitting in the bu- and convenient, uh, and not just the actual cost for the hardware and maintenance, but also the software. You know, you've got the the, the whole Google Cloud available without any extra paid to like Microsoft for, you know, for Office you know, 365. So as long as Chrome OS is doing well uh, in uh, the education market, you know, I don't see the, a departure there. Also, between the two of them, Android is the dominant operating system on the planet. I don't see any way, any reason why a Google would uh, kind of shake that up with a with a merger of the two operating systems for a lot of reasons well 
I know there was a rumor that somehow Apple wants to merge iOS and Mac OS, but that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Let's move into iPhone 10. And this is a story that has gone on for so long. iPhone 10, sales collapsing. They cut orders in half from the supply chain. And one story had it that Apple was going to build 50 million iPhone 10s in a quarter. And what are the sales normally in a March quarter, low 50s? Obviously, they don't expect with all these models of iPhones available that their most expensive product would get the most sales. On the other hand, we have the December quarter results. We have the March quarter results for every week it was on sale. The iPhone 10 was the number one best-selling Apple smartphone and number one on the planet. Why this disconnect? Well, it's always the same. You know, rumors bring uh, eyeballs to the websites and then also you know, influence the, the stock price of a company. There are a lot of, you know, you know, you always ask the question, who benefits? Whenever you see any, any kind of rumor story, the first question you ask is who benefits from uh, this information being out there, whether it's competitors uh, or like a, or investors or whoever, you know, it's, you know, take your pick. Uh, it could be a long list. I didn't believe it. Uh, it seemed to me that uh, the device uh, I can see lots of very reasonable reasons why Apple might cut component orders if it even did. Uh, it might stock up uh, because of um, uh, you know tariffs, the the threats of tariffs, component shortages. It just didn't seem to me, looking at the at the pipeline, that there was an abundance, an overabundance of uh, iPhones in the channel. And again, that's. Uh, anecdotal. I didn't do any hard research, but uh, again, there wasn't availability problems, but it didn't seem like there's certain things you look for. And uh, when there's an oversupply of devices and orders are cut and, you know, one of those are fire sales and you just didn't see it happening among the cellular uh, carriers uh, or other device uh, uh, or other retailers. And without that sign there, indicated to me that sales were probably doing, you know, fairly well. It's a new device. It's small as heck. I bought one. I bought one the day that it uh, was available for pre-order. I love it. I would never go back to a larger phone after this experience. I like the smaller screen with the higher resolution. And uh, it's almost the perfect size uh, for a smartphone. It's interesting, though, how so many people are willing to pay a little bit more. And I say a little bit more because I'm thinking of monthly price. Not every country offers that. But if you have a credit card with a $1,000 margin and you stick an iPhone on it, you're only paying, what, $25, $50 a month? So people who want to get one can get one. Yeah, uh, that's the key thing. You don't have to buy it outright. You can... You know, get it monthly through your carrier, through the Apple upgraded uh, program. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of money. But on the other hand, you can stretch it out easily over that 24 months and not feel it. In my case, I have to pay like $11 more a month if I wanted to have an iPhone 10. And right now, I don't have that kind of money. Maybe in a year or two, I'll look at the next edition of the iPhone. And of course, no one likes the iPhone design, but now we see Android phones are going to have a notch. Right, right. Then why would they have a notch if they don't have a the circuitry that requires the notch? 
Well, you don't have a lot of options. I mean, if you look at it from a design perspective, you know, what options do you have if uh, you want to stretch the stretch the display out to the edge and still, um, you know, have the room for the sensors and then also uh, for your your earpiece? Right. But these Android phones don't have face ID. I also think ultimately Apple would want to reduce that as much as possible with improved designs. Oh, oh, let's, let's talk about, can we talk about face ID for a moment? Absolutely. Go ahead. Tell me about it. My problem, just, let me just say this before you start. Okay. I think I got a phone with face ID. It would look at me and Siri would start screaming and the phone would start burning up. Go ahead, please. Oh, you mean a cracked phone? Like the mirror, like a mirror looking in the mirror? (laughs) Well, uh, just burning up. That's all. Okay. Well, okay, so I really I really like Face ID. I find it very convenient, but it also bothers me as a potential, um, I don't know, privacy, security. Now, I, you know, I'm not a criminal. I don't commit a cri- any crimes or anything, but let's suppose you're at the airport and, um, you know, they you, you get detained for some reason. All they have to do is take possession of your phone, hold it up to your face, and they have access to it. It so this it kind of nullifies this whole issue around, uh, you know, encryption and thumbprints or security codes. If they got your face, they got access to your phone, uh, the law enforcement. I would think that that uh, uh, many in law enforcement would welcome a feature like this because of the potential access they could get to these different devices. But they need access to you. On the other hand, a law enforcement officer who says, stick your finger on the home button, you're not going to listen? Yeah, but they don't even need to do that. They just hold the phone up to your face and bingo, they're in. No no touch required, on, on no bodily touch required, no risk of, uh, of any consequence there. Well, here's the thing, too. There's supposedly in the latest iOS beta, which is, I think, 11.4, yeah, a USB restriction that after seven days of inactivity, you can't, you can only charge the phone or use your biometrics or passcode. So supposedly after seven days, law enforcement won't be able to use these hacking tools to break open the phone. Supposedly, I don't know. Got more to come with Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So what do you think about that? Are you aware of reports of this feature? I, I mean, I am aware of it, and I never, I never even used that that port. I, I never connect the device to anything. As a consumer, doesn't affect me in the slightest. All you I see, do is USB is device. embedded, I guess, into the Lightning connector, which makes sense. Which makes sense, and I can understand why 
as a security measure, privacy measure, you might want to disable it if it's not used. Also keep these hackers from doing that, because remember, too, if police can buy one of these boxes to unlock an iPhone, I can't believe that criminals can't get a hold of one somehow. Well, okay, so that's the thing. Your device is more at risk from a criminal than it is from the cops. Uh, and, uh, you know, because it, you know, it's a highly desirable, highly high theft item. So if they steal it and they can get into it by that port, well, guess what? Uh, but if you block it off so they can't af- because it's not been used for seven days, Apple's done you a favor. That's a, you know, that's a brick, essentially a brick device. Of course, we have that weighing against the needs of law enforcement to solve a crime. But they just have to know what they're doing. You see, in some situations, I think law enforcement was stupid, like the San Bernardino issue. Now, they were trying to unlock an iPhone 5C that was a work phone. Now, if the authorities in San Bernardino had used Apple's management tools, they could have easily taken over that device and unlocked it for the police. If they didn't have those tools, they were negligent. I mean, if you have an employee using a work phone, they should have authority over that phone. For whatever reason, you fire somebody, do you want them taking your data, your information? No, you want to close out that phone. Yeah, I agree. Let's just look at some other things here with regard to all this craziness. So we went back to the follow the money argument. Who benefits if Apple's stock is talked down as it was because of misleading false rumors about poor iPhone 10 sales. And you might have people who want to be able to talk the stock down so they can buy it cheap and benefit from that. You possibly have competitors to Apple who just want to cause mischief. Maybe dissuade people from buying the iPhone 10. Oh, it's not successful. You don't want to buy that phone. I heard a rumor that maybe a few people at Apple who aren't so honest but have stock are pulling stunts for their own benefit. But in that case, if they were caught, they'd be spending a little time in jail. Uh, I had no idea, and I'd never put stock in rumors. Again, who would benefit from something like this? I think that's the big issue, if we care about it. And the thing that's interesting is it happens every year. Every year, last few years, oh, the supply chain is this, that, and the other thing. And Tip Cook lectures, well, you can't take a couple of supply chain metrics and assume anything about sales or demand or inventory. And they still do the same thing. It's like whatever he says, they have their ears closed. Ah, bah, 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 I don't know anything. You know, Steve Jobs was the master of good taste. Uh, you could see that in his design ethic. Tim Cook is a logistics genius. He really is. And uh, when you start hearing stuff about supply chain problems, I doubt them right away simply because of that. Uh, He's proven through his career, starting at Compaq, uh, moving on eventually to Apple, uh, that he really understands the supply chain and how to how to make it work, you know, across every aspect uh, from, you know, manufacturing to distribution uh, to retail. and that's why, you know, I, I, I okay, yep, it's just another rumor, but uh, I'm sure Tim Cook's on the ball. But speaking of Tim Cook, he started working for Apple, late 90s, 
sometime before the iMac came out. And just some days back, the 20th anniversary of the iMac was observed. Correct. I want to mention this because of an experience I've mentioned on the show before. So in the mid to late 1990s, before my journalistic status got me removed from the program, I was a member of Apple's customer quality feedback program, originally just for operating systems. And then they added hardware. So I occasionally get a beta test of a new Mac. One I tested was going to be like a Power Mac G3 variant and never got produced. So one day my handler at Apple calls me and says, you know, we're not going to do this. Just send it back and we'll dispose of it. And I said, cool. So I boxed it and sent it back to them at their expense. And then in 1998, they sent me this little plastic thing. We know what it was. They sent me the iMac. The only thing about it, it looked perfect except that the front cover of the CD drive, the little plastic fitting, was off it. So we know it was like an early production test model. So I used it and I thought, okay, this is nice, but I like my big Power Mac G3 with all the options. This one just has USB. Didn't care, but I, I thought it was fun and I, I let my son use it because he had good observations and he was, at that point in time, maybe 12 years old, 11, 12 years old. And so... He enjoyed playing with it, and I asked permission, can he do that? And they said, well, it's your responsibility if he tells his friends, but otherwise, fine. So he played with it, and then by August, it's about to be produced. And the Apple handler calls me and says, look, Gene, we're going to send you a firmware update. If the firmware update works, keep it. No problem. Can I have the little fitting, plastic fitting? Yeah, we'll send it to you. If it bricks it, and there's maybe a um, 30% chance or some chance, just send it back to us. Can I get another one? Well, no, but just send it back to us. Now, I <laughs> think he was playing games with me because it bricked it. So that uh, was it. So I could have had an iMac, and I didn't. It's okay. Because it wasn't my main computer. Later on, with one of my writing payments, I got Grace in one. But at the same time, I learned a lot about it. And eventually I wrote an article for the Arizona Republic where I was doing a weekly column right. with Apple's permission because I had been part of this program and I had exposure, pre-release exposure. With their permission, I, I did that. And they said, you know what? We can give you an interview with the designer, Jonathan Ive. Oh, wow. So I interviewed him in 1998 about it. Now, at that point, I had no clue what the iMac would become, what kind of phenomenon it would become, or where it would be 20 years later where a variant of the iMac would be the most powerful Mac on the planet. First, it would cost, you know, 5000 for <laughs> the startup version and what, 13000 change with all the goodies on it, all the schmutz on it, and like that. But it was kind of interesting here because the original iMac had 233 megahertz G3, which was the most powerful G3 of the previous year. And most of its parts were derived from Apple's PowerBook. Had like an entry-level ATI graphics processor. In order to change memory, if you remember doing this, Joe, you had to basically unscrew the back plate and pull the whole chassis out to replace the memory. Once you got it out, it was good, but then you had to deal with the wiring harnesses and everything. And I got to be pretty good at it. Anyway, more on the iMac. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Joe Wilcox. This is the Tech Night Ally. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You have been lied to generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST55 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST55 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-55 to 443-443. Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminous
Lumines takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Lumines twice daily and on average, see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Lumines for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. The iMac, 20 years of it. When was your first exposure show? So my first Mac ever was the Bondi Blue iMac. So I've been a Windows user, and uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I was writing about Microsoft. Uh, but uh, December uh, 1998, on a whim, I uh, bought one from uh, CompUSA, and they threw in a free television that I, I didn't need. And uh, I took it home, never had used the uh, Mac OS ever, and uh, I also had a complicated internet setup because I had ISDN. Uh, uh, so, but all of that said, it lived up to the promise of you know out of the box and on the internet in ten minutes without any experience with the operating system. And again, with ISDN, which was uh, you know network protocol to to use it rather than to get to connect to your Ethernet port rather than to the modem. I was on the internet in 10 minutes, and it was an amazing experience. Uh, now, so remember much- what ISDN meant to skeptics. It still does nothing. <laughs> hey, I, I had, uh, you, know, you know, 128 instead of that 56K, woo, <laughs> speed. So, you know, it's still wherever now, that's worth. My first exposure to broadband was something called Sprint Broadband Direct. Okay. Around 2000. Remember that? Nope. Okay. They used diamond-shaped antennas. It was a wireless system, fixed wireless. And supposedly you could receive a good signal, which was like three megabits down, half megabit up, which was a big deal in 2000, from up to 35 miles away. They deployed it among the first cities, Phoenix, the Phoenix area. I thought it was wonderful. And then its problem was scaling up. So as soon as you had a lot of people, the upload speed would disintegrate to the point where it was no better than a 56K modem. Download Ah, was still two or three megabits, but upload never worked. Eventually, they phased out the system like 2008. In fact, if you drive along the industrial parks around Phoenix or environs, you still see the fixed antennas. They were never taken down. (laughs) <laughs> interesting so that's that's where i got my speed anyway i understand in retrospect the logic behind the imac you take a person who is not used to getting online because it'd be so complicated right you take somebody who doesn't understand all the different cables and connections and protocols and they can set up that computer pretty easily and apple sold a lot of these to the consumer marketplace now, eventually, the iMac scaled up. 
So by 2009, with the 2009 27-inch iMac, it was a pretty powerful beast. True. And now today, if you're not doing eight core or more applications, the 27-inch iMac with 5K retina display, and try to get that separately. There aren't too many people making 5K displays. And no increase in price, by the way. They brought the price down to the same level of the 27-inch iMac without the retina display. And it's as powerful as any computer out there. If you need eight cores or more, you get the iMac Pro, at least before we have a, a new Mac Pro. But right. could you have thought of this, that an entry-level Mac all-in-one in 1998 would 20 years later be one of the most powerful computing devices available? No, but I thought it was pretty good in 1998. I was really blown away by uh, Mac OS. I think it was 8.5 uh, was on that uh, uh, machine. And I used it as my main computer for quite a while until February 2000 or 1999, when from um, w- one of the uh, the resellers, I bought a refurbished uh, Power, or yeah, I guess it was a uh, the uh, P- PowerBook uh, G3, and um, t- t- was a two advertised as a two thirty three megahertz, but oops, they sent me two sixty six, and I wasn't going to complain about that. Had a DVD drive. I actually subscribed to Netflix that same month, so February nineteen ninety nine, and watched my first DVD ever on the PowerBook G3. Now Mac OS eight point five. The distinctive thing about it is. It was the first version of Mac OS that was all power PC. Okay. Uh, again, you're, th- th- that was beginning of my era. So uh, the past is, you know, better than I'm. Okay. Anyway, so the iMac, starting from those humble beginnings, I didn't expect it to be very much. I mean, I like them, but a 13-inch screen was just too small for me. I think at that point I had like a 20-inch CRT display. Wow. But that was a big screen, right? Now I have a 27-inch iMac. I've had a 27-inch iMac for right now, oh, nine years. And the key here is that it became a powerful work computer. Who could have thunk it when it first came out? Not that it was slow. I think what was slow was was using a notebook-grade hard drive. That was part of it. And I think that's part of what made it real slow. So today, what kind of Macs do you have? One, I just have the uh, the uh, the 15 inch uh, MacBook Pro. I bought it in uh, November 2016. And obviously, that screen feels substantially larger than the one on the original iMac. Oh yeah, it's sure. what I mean, 40 yeah. times faster. <laughs> Probably, but I mean, it's you know, it's a higher resolution. It's brighter. Of course, it's more portable. Uh, but you know, the concept is the same. I mean, the iMac was basically, uh, I mean, it's all a, you know, your notebook is basically a one, all in, all in one uh, uh, computer with a screen. Well, iMac is really the same concept, only it was you know, built around a CRT. So a MacBook Pro is basically a portable iMac today. You could say that, yeah, only a lot better. <laughs> oh, we know a lot better, but uh, so. they've certainly diverged like that. Do you think Apple's ever going to consider moving to ARM on the Mac? Is it worth it for them? I don't know about that. That's a very good question. 
It depends on how, yes, actually, it wouldn't shock me if Apple did. When I start to think about uh, the legacy with PowerPC, even though Motorola produced a chip, um, there already Apple produces its own chips for the tablets. Why not for the desktop? I think part of it also is the negatives. There are some negatives. Number one is Intel emulation. We know Apple can solve that, but at what cost? There are a lot of people out there who bought Intel-based Macs because of the ability to run Windows under boot camp at full speed or with pretty good speed with the virtual machines. And what's going to happen to them? Or can Apple speed up the ARM processors so much that the compensation to the slower Intel emulation wouldn't be as much or somehow do that emulation in hardware? It's hard to say. I mean, uh, the, the thing is, when I look at, um, you know, iOS on what, the, is it A11 uh, chip now? Um, it's very efficient. I mean, we're talking about devices with just, you know, what, three, uh, four uh, 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 gigabytes of memory uh, compared to what you might get on a, on a, on a big Mac, um, you know, your eight or 16, whatever. And um, they seem, they, it seems very efficient uh, with, the, with the way it multitasks and handles. Uh, I just can't imagine Apple wouldn't be able to eventually do something like that. And maybe already is in the lab uh, with, uh, with, with OS 10 or, Maybe when you're talking about the merging of the operating systems, the question isn't so much should they merge the operating systems, should they at some point in the future uh, retire OS X uh, in place of iOS. And I think everything Apple has been doing around the phone and the tablets is driving that direction. It's just the technology and the market isn't quite ready. They, are, they aren't excuse me, quite ready, but I believe they will be in the future. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Thing to bear in mind about the A series processors is that they're being run with tight resource restrictions because they have to run with a low amount of power. Obviously, you have a small device where you can't allow the thing to get too hot, so you can't run it too fast. You put that thing in a notebook computer, full-size notebook computer, or even an iMac especially, you could run them possibly a lot faster. You could have them use more power because more power is available. So the A11 
how much faster could Apple run it if it was run unlocked, basically, at full bore? No, or is I, that full bore? <laughs> not being an engineer, I have no idea how to answer that question. If that were possible, or if that's what it meant, that Apple could just take this chip and scale it up to the expanded requirements of a full-blown personal computer, how fast would it go? And even if emulation cut the speed in half, does Apple compensate? Is it worth it? Is it worth the investment? Can Apple set up, I guess they can, Xcode to almost seamlessly convert your apps to ARM without much optimization? There is There are so many uh, iOS apps already available. I don't think it's necessary to worry about converting. Just run iOS apps? Of course, you know, Just iOS apps also tend to be designed for a more limited functionality. Yeah, but how much do people really multitask? Most people run one or two apps. Yeah. So they, they may have it in the background. You have a lot more utility on a, on a touchscreen. The, the problem is where Apple isn't quite there in terms of um, the design and utility of, of, uh, of an iOS device like the tablet to replace uh, the laptop. I think there are a lot of people that would consider doing that, but we're just not quite there yet in terms of the right design ethos. It just, they, they, they tried it with a larger iPad. Was it the 12 inch or 12.9 inch? A little too big a ta- as a tablet, as a desktop, the keyboard, the, the 10 inch, so it's a 10.5 inch, which I really like. It's, I actually use, I use my iPad more than any other device, more than my phone, more than my laptop. Uh, if it just had a, a bit more functionality with the keyboard, I could almost make it work as my full-time device. My limitation is the audio stuff because I'm capturing audio from Skype and an external outboard mixer. And if there was an app that did what Audio Hijack does on the Mac, on iOS, that would be very tempting. And I think but, one of the reasons it doesn't is Apple's sandboxing restrictions. They can't allow that kind of inter-app communication. If something but, like that could happen, I think editing audio on an iPad, 10 half inch iPad, I think also is the ideal size, that would really work well. It'd make a great portable studio, you know? Being able to take a really good USB mic or USB mixer and have it compatible with... Lightning, I don't know if it would be or not. And being able to capture audio in the field with a pretty powerful one-pound computer. Right, right. I think that would be just terrific. I might just be sitting in my bed and editing with my fingers, editing the show. I could probably do it about the same speed. And that would be really nice and pleasant, make this pleasant. I mean, I don't mind the 27-inch screen, and I enjoy editing that way. I just think this alternative would make things much more relaxing. Don't know if it'd be faster. I certainly would like to try it. But what if you could go one step further and instead of using your fingers to do that editing, you're actually using your voice. All right, clip this at uh, one minute and 30 seconds. I don't think the voice would be as precise, honestly, because the way I do it, I'm, I'm clipping stuff in fractions of a second, really short fractions of a second. I can't see where that would work for me. It might work for some people. Right. First of all, I think that um, there's always going to be a market for these more powerful 
computers. And that's what we see in the, uh, in the, in the Windows PC market. There are still companies that need uh, for maybe it's legacy software. Uh, maybe they're doing uh, design or software development where they need the super powerful PCs. Well, you know, there's a eye doctor's office near here that my wife uses because she once had corneal transplants and needs to be checked every six months or a year for possible signs of rejection. She actually has to take a steroidal kind of eye drop for that. And when you register there, they give you an iPad and you tap your information, which is a lot faster and a lot more efficient than filling out something with your pen on a piece of paper because nobody has to enter anything. Right. It's right there. But the computer systems they use are Windows because they have to integrate with the rest of the offices. It's a large chain of eye doctors. And so they have to communicate with the older systems. But of course, most people who use iPads have Windows anyway, so the integration probably is no big deal and the networking is no big deal. But that's a really interesting way to make healthcare more efficient and more accurate. In fact, what surprises me is, well, you don't have something like that in the hospital where everybody you talk to asks you the same questions about your health. What are you here for? Well, I'm here to fix a problem with my shoulder or to repair a torn ligament, whatever it is. Network, they'll look it up and say, oh, this is your blood pressure. And let's look at that heart again. The EKG showed a little bit of a regular heartbeat. It would save so much time and money, wouldn't it? Sure. And in fact, you know, why not go further? Why, why not you walk into the office with your iPhone and you have contact information that's on the phone and you just, you know, zap it over to their iOS uh, or even uh, OS 10 or I guess, I guess, I guess we call it Mac OS uh, system. We're well, talking here about HealthKit. Yeah. Right. That would be great. Going to a doctor's office and you hand them the information they needed. And they, you know, they're monitoring you with your Apple Watch. You have an Apple Watch? Uh, I do. I keep thinking about stopping to use it. But uh, yeah, I do have an Apple Watch. I have the uh, Series 3. That's another device that can help capture health information. It can check your heartbeat. I don't know if it can do blood pressure yet. I guess eventually it would be. No, as far as I know, it cannot. Probably they could do an add-on device that would communicate with Bluetooth. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, we'll see what Apple does with Series 4, Apple Watch. And I don't even know if we'll see one of those this year or next. And notice how all the rumors, that the rumors tend to be more about what Apple's not doing, like ordering component parts, how we started this uh, whole conversation, rather than what's really going to come next and what that might be. See a lot of speculation stories about the next the iPhone 10 successor will be you know bigger screen and whatever, but it's all speculation. Nobody really knows. Uh, but the fact that there aren't a lot of rumors about Apple Watch or concrete about the next uh, iPhone, you, you know, says something about Apple's ability to act, increasing ability to keep those secrets, which, given the supply chain, isn't easy. It's more about the hardware than the operating system, which Apple can keep close to its vest. Joe Wilcox, yeah. tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do, where do they go? Um, they can go to uh, to betanews.com. I haven't written much there this year, but I will be again. I've been taking kind of a hiatus from uh, writing. Uh, I'm so put off by all this data collection. I just need to step back from them taking a high, tech, tech writing hiatus, which I'm about to end. But you can find me over at Beta News. I think it's Beta News author, forward slash author, Joe Wilcox, something like that. 
but uh, just just go over there anyway. The site is going to celebrate its uh, 20th anniversary on June 1st. You can find us on Twitter and look for Tech Night Owl. You can find our other radio show, The Powercast. And this week we observed the passing of a good friend of mine, someone you might have heard of because he wrote 175 books, Brad Steiger, wrote books on the strange and the unknown, made many TV and radio appearances, and he passed on May 6th at the age of 82, close friend of mine. We also have a special feature of this show for those who are sick and tired of ads. You don't like the commercials, you can fast forward through them, or you get Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. You get information about subscribing to a special feature. We give you a version of the show without the network ads with better quality audio. Tech Night Owl Plus. Joe Wilcox, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.